This is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Homestead Journey Podcast. This is episode number 129. I am your host, Brian Wells, coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about four things that can keep us from achieving success on our homestead. But before we do that, it has been very, very busy here on the homestead. As you can imagine, it's springtime in beautiful upstate New York. Although yesterday and today felt like we skipped right past spring and went right to August. But anyhow, we did get a lot of stuff done here on the homestead this week. Although, as is always the story, didn't get done near as much as I had wanted to accomplish. But let me share with you what we've been up to here on 3B Farm and Homestead. So as is probably going to be the theme of many, many podcast episodes for the foreseeable future. <laughs> the theme of the spring here on 3B Farm and Homestead is garden, garden, garden. I was able to get out and get some more stuff planted this week. I got some onions planted, Swiss chard, beets, and carrots. Not as much as I'd hoped to get planted, but we do have some seeds in the ground. And we also have some things that have sprouted up. So our peas, lettuce, and radishes have all popped up. That's so exciting to just see your hard work already starting to pay off. And I just can't wait to enjoy some of that fresh produce. We're also pushing up against our last average frost date. So depending on who you talk to, May 19th, May 20th, somewhere in that area, is our last average frost date in our area. So this past week, I spent some time shuttling my plants in and out of the house to get them hardened off, things like my peppers and my tomatoes and my eggplant and some herbs and some flowers, things like that. And they are now all hardened off and ready or not, they are outside to stay. Very, very excited about that, and hopefully this week we'll take a look at the long-range forecast, but I may go ahead and start dropping some of those into the ground early this week, but certainly by the end of the week, my goal is to have a lot of the tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, things of that nature in the ground, as well as a lot more things that will be starting from seed, like our squash and cucumbers and okra and... I just can't even think of what all we're going to be planting this year. I've got a list of like 40 some odd things that we're going to be planting in our garden this year. And I am so excited to keep going and let's see what garden 2022 is going to bring us. Yesterday was our annual spring townwide cleanup day. What that simply means is our town department of highway or highway department. I don't even know what they're actually technically called. Department of Works? I don't know. doesn't matter. But what they do is they open up their parking lot for the residents to bring any unwanted items and you just drop them off and they sort things out. 
and scrap metal they take to be recycled and the rest of it goes to the dump. Now, folks, I'm not going to say I could be featured on an episode of Hoarders. It's not quite that bad, although probably nobody who is on an episode of Hoarders ever thinks that it's really quite that bad. But I do have a tendency, especially with scraps of wood and just those bits and pieces that you, you always have in the back of your mind as a homesteader, that might come in handy someday. Well, yesterday I let some of those things go and I got rid of some of those things and it wasn't a lot of stuff, but folks, it was enough to just make me feel better about the condition of the homestead. Now I've shared with you before that I many times have been a lot more function over form. I didn't really care how things looked. I just wanted to produce as much food as I could in as small of an area as, as I could. But over the last couple of years, I've really started to look at more of an aesthetic type thing. And no, I'm not going to win any gardening magazine awards here, but I certainly have started focusing on enjoying flowers and putting in little garden accents and, and things of that nature. And so kind of taking that next step was just letting go of a few things that I'd had sitting around that really should have gone probably a long time ago, <laughs> but they're gone now. And I feel really, really good about it. Although probably as usually happens, the middle of this coming week, I'm going to find a use for something that I let go. And I'm going to ask myself, why, why, why did you get rid of that? Oh, well, them's the breaks, right? <laughs> one of those things, though, that we got rid of was the tarp from the top of one of my original hoop coops. I believe I've shared with you before, back in, I think it was 2013, 2014, I built some cattle panel hoop coops. I overbuilt them. Instead of using two by four bottoms, I used pressure treated two by sixes. And folks, they're just heavier than a dead preacher. Very, very difficult to move around. And so for a long time, they've been stationary. The one we use as pig housing and the other one was our rabbitry. Well, once we got out of the rabbit business, that freed up one of those coops. And so I am in the process of rehabbing that to use for our meat birds this year. Now, this tarp, it's the original tarp from 2013, 2014. So that's what, seven, eight years that we used that tarp. So it didn't owe me anything, but it certainly was tattered and worn holes in it. And so I went ahead and replaced that with a brand new tarp. I tightened up some of the areas where maybe it was a little weak. And I also noticed that the bottom runners aren't all that great any longer. So I'm probably going to have to do some, some more work on those here in the not too distant future. But I think it's solid enough for us to run our meat birds in it. And I'm very, very excited about that. My plan was to go ahead and move those meat birds out of our garage today, because I don't know if I've told you this before, folks, but they are stinky, nasty little beggars. Oh my goodness. The absolute worst. I believe I shared with you last week that I did a total swap out of the shavings. I'd put a tarp down under the brooder like Jack Polner over at the Mindful Homestead does. And that just made the cleanup so easy. I put all of the chicks into a dog carrier 
I pulled those shavings out, dumped them into the compost pile and started fresh. But folks, that didn't last very long. I think I'm on my third bag of shavings. I just cannot stay ahead of these little stinking beggars. I cannot wait to get them out of my garages, that fine layer of dust all over everything. Never I know is a long time, but I never, ever, ever want to brood meat birds, birds of any kind, but especially meat birds again in my garage. And if I start to do it next year, please remind me of this. Tell me, Brian, go back and listen to episode 129. (laughs) Oh, they're horrid. They're wretched little things, but they taste good. So my plan was to get them out of the garage tonight, but we are forecasted to have some thunderstorms roll through tonight into tomorrow. I didn't want their first night out of the brooder to be in that kind of a situation. And so we're going to wait till tomorrow. I'll take a look at the long range forecast, but hopefully in the next couple of days, those little stink bombs will be out of my garage forever. Another thing I had to do today was I had to fix the electric fence again. Now I know, I know, I know. It seems like every other week I'm sharing with you yet another escape attempt by bear. It almost feels like this has become a soap opera. Days of our lives, the bear edition. (laughs) This morning I went to feed him and he was not where he was supposed to be. And I looked over and of course he had broken through the fence and was in with the feeder pigs once again. I don't know how long he was over there. If he had spent the night with them making sweet, sweet pig love, I don't know. All I know is that it was very easy to convince him to come back to where he needed to be. He had done his deed or deeds, or I don't even know. I don't know as I want to know, but three months, three weeks, and three days, and we'll know how many of them got bred. What happened this time is that Bonnie did not realize that the electric fence is run off of the same electric cable that the mobile coop is plugged into. And she wanted to turn off the heat lamp for the pullets. And so she unplugged it from the electrical outlet in the garage, not realizing that that also de-energized my electric fence for the pigs. Last time Bear broke through, I actually did do a little bit of reinforcement. It wasn't a full-on full hog panel, but I did put a piece of hog panel in there, wire it closed, but he went right through it. So I am going to have to get really serious and probably just put a whole hog panel in there. Although he did go over the hog panels in with the sows a couple of weeks ago. So I don't know. I may need to rethink my housing strategy. But anyhow, I spent quite a bit of time today fixing that electric fence, getting it back into service, and hopefully he will stay where he is supposed to stay. Now, speaking of pigs, I did wrap up the Getting Started with Pigs edition of the Just the Basics series. I have not released a printable Just the Basics guide in almost a month, and for that, I I apologize. If you are someone who has signed up for that series My apologies that it has taken so long for me to get another one out. 
but life has just happened. It is what it is, but I am so happy to have the principle done for getting started with pigs. Now I do need to wrap up the resources page. I'm hoping to do that tonight. And then this week I will be sending the email out to let everybody know that it is ready to be downloaded. If you're brand new to the podcast, I am in the process of releasing a series of free printable guides called Just the Basics that are just that, basic steps to get started in various aspects of homesteading. So far, I've released ones on getting started with gardening, getting started with seed starting, getting started with chickens, with meat chickens, and now we are doing a getting started with pigs guide. And so if that's something that you're interested in, head on over to the homesteadjourney.net slash basics to get signed up and you will be able to download the ones that I have available. And I will also be notifying you as soon as additional ones come available. I'm going to take a couple of weeks off after I release this one just to focus on getting the garden in, but then I'm going to be releasing some on getting started with rabbits, getting started with canning, freezing, dehydrating, fermenting, just a whole list of different skills. My goal is to release 17, 18, maybe 20 different principle guides that are just those basic steps to help you make that first step in a particular skill set as you journey towards self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. One last thing that I wanted to mention before we jump on over to this week's charting the course, and that is that you may have noticed that there was no blog post this week. And that is because I'm going to take a little different approach to the blog. And that is that my blog posts are going to be written summations, we'll call them, of the podcast, but more quick little summaries of the podcast, so to speak. And then periodically, I do plan on throwing in an additional blog post, maybe a how-to or a recipe, something along those lines. But moving forward, the blog posts are going to be related more towards the podcast. And so hopefully you will find that beneficial if you're somebody who prefers to read instead of listening to me blabber on and on and on. Head on over to the homesteadjourney.net slash blog, and you can sign up for the feed there. All right, let's head on over to this week's charting the course. I really wish I could remember where I ran across this quote because I would be more than happy to attribute it to its rightful author. Trust me when I tell you this is not original to me. But when I heard this quote, I kind of went back in time to my days of going through theology school. When we would hear something, we would say, that'll preach. And when I heard this quote, I thought, whew, that'll preach. That will make a great podcast episode. And so I'm doing that today. I don't remember where I ran across this quote. So if this quote is something that you hatched up, please let me know and I will ensure that I attribute it to you. I actually tried to Google it. I couldn't come up with anything, but this is the quote. 100% of the seeds you don't plant will never sprout. 
when I heard that, folks, my mind went a thousand different directions on how that is so true and how that is so applicable to our journeys towards self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. Many times we have these great ideas in our head, these visions of what we want to accomplish on our homesteads, but we never take that initial step. We never plant that seed to even give it a chance to grow and bring forth fruit. And so today we're going to talk about four reasons that come to my mind that keep us from planting those seeds that could grow and blossom into something beautiful. The first thing that comes to my mind is the fear of failure. We never get started because we're afraid we're going to fail. We don't get chicks because we're afraid they're going to die. We don't plant a garden because we say, well, we've got a black thumb. We don't learn how to cook from scratch because we're afraid that it's not going to come out right. There are so many ways in which we can fail. And quite frankly, we probably will fail. But we allow that fear of failure to keep us from planting the seed, to keep us from taking that initial step in the direction of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. The second thing that comes to my mind is this. We don't know how to get started. We want to grow a garden. We want to raise pigs. We want to raise chickens. We want to learn how to can. We want to learn how to preserve food. We want to learn how to make jelly. We want to learn how to make jam. We want to learn how to bake. We want to learn how to cook from scratch, but we don't know where to start. And so we just never start. The third reason why we never plant that seed is what we all refer to as paralysis by analysis. There are a thousand ways to get started. We don't know which one to take. And so we just never get started at all. We want to get started with a garden, but we're not sure. Do we want to do raised beds? Do we want to do in-ground gardening? Do we want to do no-till? Do we want to do lasagna-style gardening? Do we want to do back to Eden? Do we want to do Ruth Stout? Do we want to do straw bale gardening? Do we want to do square foot gardening? And so we just are frozen in place because we don't know where to get started. We don't know how to get started because there are so many options out there. Paralysis by analysis, and it keeps us from planting that seed. The fourth thing that comes to my mind is this. We let great get in the way of good enough. We want to have all of our ducks in a row. We want to have a solid plan. We want to know that it's going to work out right. We want to have all of the right gear, the best gear. We want to have everything down to the smallest jot and tittle. And consequently, we let great get in the way of good enough. We want to have a garden, but we live in an apartment. We want to have a milk cow, but we don't have the land. We want to raise our own meat, but our city has an ordinance against chickens. Whatever it is, we have this vision of how it's supposed to be. And we look around and what we have to work with doesn't measure up. And so we never get started. 
And consequently, 100% of the seeds we didn't plant never sprout. So how do we deal with this? How do we get beyond this? How do we get over our fear of failure? How do we figure out where to start? How do we get past that feeling of being overwhelmed and that paralysis by analysis that just freezes us in one place? How do we get to the spot to where we are willing to accept good enough? The best way to get past the fear of failure is to fail and to get back up and to try it again. We're going to mess up. We're going to screw it up. We're going to fail. And we just need to say it's okay. It's part of the learning process. Now, I understand some of us are just predisposed to be more accepting of that than other people are. But the best way to get past the fear of failure is to fail and to get back up and to try it again. If you don't know where to get started, well, I've got a great suggestion for you. Head on over to the homesteadjourney.net slash basics. And there's some great getting started guides to help you take that initial step towards self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. And if there isn't a guide there yet in the area that you're not quite sure where to get started, send me an email, brian at the homesteadjourney.net. And if it's not already in the queue, I will put it in the queue to make sure that you have that resource available to you in the future to be able to take those steps. In the meantime, I will try to help you out and point you towards some resources that that you might not otherwise know of. The same way when it comes to that paralysis by analysis. If you've researched it, and there's a thousand and one different ways to do it, just pick one. Just pick one and try it out and see if it works for you. Just pick something and give it a try. And if it doesn't work out, then next year, pick one of the other ones and try that. Or maybe it worked out well for you, but try one of the other ones next year anyhow to see how that works for you. But just pick one and get started. For those of you who are struggling, with letting great get in the way of good enough. I want you to repeat after me. I'm going to do the best I can with what I've got. I'm going to do the best I can with what I've got. Yes, I long for the day when I have an acre to work with where I can have a huge garden, but right now all I have is this patio, so I'm going to grow as many vegetables as I can in buckets and containers. Or maybe you're somebody who you want to do your own dairy. You don't have room for a milk cow, so you get goats. You want to raise your own meat. You can't have chickens, so you get rabbits or quail. Do the best you can with what you got. Say that with me again. I'm going to do the best I can with what I've got. One more thing to kind of sum all of this up. If you're struggling with any of these, and I think all of us at one time or another have struggled with every one of these things, 
We've been afraid to fail, didn't know how to get started, were overwhelmed with the options that we had, or we were so focused on great that we let it get in the way of good enough. If that describes you, there's one more resource I want to point you to, and that is the Supporting Listeners Program of this podcast. It's a great group of people over there who are willing to help you out, who are willing to encourage you, to point you in the right direction, to challenge you, and to celebrate your successes. And if that's something that is of interest to you, you're looking for somebody or some buddies to be your biggest cheerleader, to encourage you, to help you take that next step towards self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. Head on over to the homesteadjourney.net slash support, and you'll be able to join that community of people. And I really, really strongly believe it's going to help you start planting those seeds that you otherwise have been too afraid to plant. It's going to help you get started on that journey towards self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. Until next time, everybody, have a great week. And as always, keep up the good work.